Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Hammer and Tusk Podcast. Here's where we like to talk about the AR, the VR, the MR, and the convergence of all these things, which is kind of the theme of this week's episode. As usual, I am your host with the most. My name is Mac, and I'm here with my good friend... Ren. We are going to take you to the future. Follow along. First up, we're talking about reducing cognitive load in VR. So this is interesting when you think about the fact that VR is completely new, right? So it takes us a long time to get used to the sort of unspoken rules of a new interaction. So in VR, there are no unspoken rules yet. All of the rules are spoken. So you have to make sure not to overload people with new stuff. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> That's pretty <Yeah>. straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> they are right. Read the article. <laughs> and you could read that article by going to hammerandtusk.com and finding our newsletter there. Next up, we have a Houston company who creates VR to train for any danger. So I thought this was really egregious, and I'm curious to see if you agree or disagree with me, um, because basically they're turning paranoia into a cash business. Such a good business. Such assholes. Right. I, mean, I haven't even read the article. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> I mean, that is genuinely the idea. It lets you plan for you know, situations like terror attacks or muggings or earthquakes, you know. And I mean, preparedness is one thing, but kind of teaching people to be constantly on the lookout and aware of danger at any time just seems a little sketch to me. I hope they sleep well at night. (laughs) I hope they sleep very well. They probably know they're very safe, so they sleep very well. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This I find interesting... Because maybe it's the future, there's lots of argument that it is, but how VR will change the music scene. Mm-hmm. So this is really, I, I agree, I think it's something that we're talking about a lot now, is VR's implication in music. And the idea that a live show had a sort of raw power that a can show just doesn't have. And the hope is that VR shows will be able to have that raw power thanks to VR's sort of empathy abilities and sort of ability to trick you into remembering it more realistically than it was. It's more than just the hope. It is the entire premise of what VR is. If VR is just a better TV, then we all need to go home and lose. Yeah, that's true. If VR creates a deep sense of presence and you connect with both the content and the audience, by the way, check out wearebash.com. This is exactly what we're tackling over there. But if VR cannot achieve those things, if VR cannot make you feel like you are in the building, then what's the point? Then failed. Uh, we also are talking about human rights art exhibit. Plugs into AR. Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea of AR art, not that fascinating. I think what set this apart to me and was really fascinating is this refugee was given art uh, as a gift from someone. The museum wanted to display it. She didn't want to give it up. So, perfect solution. They mapped it all into AR. And now you can hold your phone up to a piece of art and see the other pieces that are in her private collection. So it gives you access to something that would have um, previously no one would have ever gotten to see because it was in her private collection. Very cool. I feel like this is a good thing. Yeah. Think about Again, all those... a sense of presence matters. I want to feel like I can actually consume this art exactly. in a meaningful and personal way. But now all of this art that's in you know rich millionaire and billionaire's collections who don't let you tromp through their house, <laughs> maybe you'll be able to see some of that stuff. So something that I don't actually know anything about but it is interesting is if we went and looked at the world's collection of high art Mm -hmm. how much of that is available to the public oh good question if 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 we listed and there's more than 100 pieces of high art in the world but if we listed 100 pieces of high art 
what percentage of those mm -hmm. could you and I jump on an airplane and go tour the world and see yeah. in public forums? And what percentage is locked in the basement of a billionaire who we've never heard of? Mm -hmm. I have no idea. But if that number is real, if that significant percentage of that art is locked away from the rest of us mm -hmm. because of somebody's collection, well then fuck you, AR is coming. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have at least you didn't watch the first Trump-Clinton debate in VR. So last week we talked about um, how people were kind of hoping that VR would democratize political discourse. Uh, apparently, the first debate did not go so well. Not because anyone was being jerks, but just because it was boring. You were basically watching a flat TV screen, but in VR, surrounded by strangers. And I don't know whose idea of a good time that is, but it's not mine. <laughs> Interesting, because I watched the debate on Twitter. I said I wasn't going to watch the debate. I did watch the debate. I watched all of the debate. <laughs> I watched it on Twitter. I watched it at home over dinner with my kids. We walked to the park. I kept it on on my phone. It was a powerful medium for consuming that content. Interesting. Yeah. On Periscope? No, literally just on just Twitter. Just watching the tweets. Yeah. They, yeah. So they're doing the NFL mm -hmm. on Twitter, and now they're doing these debates on Twitter, and it was... There was nothing better you could have given me on TV than yeah. watching it on Twitter. It was very, very powerful. Very interesting. Uh, we're going to do the quick links, and then we're going to do the article of the week. So we've got two quick links for you. Lifelike, spelled uh -huh. L-I-Q-U-E, but Lifelike, launches the first experience as Vive's official education partner. Oh, tell me more. So they're doing what seems to be the sort of standard thing for VR education right now, which is giving you sort of dioramas and uh, physical examples of things that you can break apart. Really, really good for science, uh, really, really good for history. But there's no actual real physical thing in the real world. No. Okay. No. In the VR space, yes. there's physical things we can interact exactly. with. And the other one is that PlayStation VR will release simultaneously in the UK and the US. This is kind of a big deal. Historically, the big console releases are scheduled for mm -hmm. different release dates across the continents. Yeah. So the uh, UK is pretty excited, I think. Yeah, the UK <laughs> should be worked up. And, you know, I'm more excited about PlayStation VR than I am about the Oculus or about the Vive. I remember months ago being like, God damn, I have to wait till October to play with my PlayStation VR. Uh -huh. I have to buy a PlayStation 4.5. Mm -hmm. Now they're calling it PlayStation 4 Pro. But that's now. Like, when right? we show up at yeah. work on Monday, we're going to be in October. Last thing we want to talk about today, folks, is the article of the week. And this is this is not that exciting, but probably very important. And that's that a new breakthrough in the UK, I believe, adds realistic lighting to augmented reality. Yeah, so this is called elastic fusion. And yeah, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't have the flashbang, but it actually is gonna make a huge, huge difference to anyone who's doing AR and all of its ridiculous cousins like Mixed reality and merged reality. <laughs> Let's loop back to that right before we sign off for the day. So we know that VR involves putting on a headset, blocking out the world, and uh, being in a fully immersed experience. Mm -hmm. And then we have this plethora of terms. We have augmented reality. We have mixed reality. We have merged reality. Does it matter what the difference is? I think at the end of the day, no, it doesn't. But it does kind of, you know, there's this old thing about how language defines the way you think. And yeah, that you can, 1984. Exactly. You can control people's minds by controlling their language. So, I mean, right now, obviously, we're just in the early stages and it hasn't shaken down yet. But I think it is fascinating to see 
the war that is going on with these brands trying to be the one who controls the terms. And, and is that's that where the source of this is coming from? That's Different brands from. are trying to get their terms yeah. as the Because AR term. wasn't popular, so Microsoft didn't want to call it that. So they called it mixed reality. And then, you know, Intel has this slightly different thing, so they want it to set it apart from the competition. So, yeah, it's definitely being pushed by brands for sure. This is like watching royalty feud over things that mean nothing to the people that they exactly. rule over. Everybody, we're thrilled that you joined us again, and we hope you will next week. Welcome and thank you for checking out the Hammer and Tusk podcast. You can find us online at hammerandtusk.com. Once again, my name is Mac. And my name is Ren. See you next week. Mm-hmm.